0: Welcome to Science of Life, a podcast that explores life and ideas through the lens of personality, relationship, and faith. We're your hosts, Jen and Elisa. Thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we are talking about crisis.
1: And speaking of crisis, I want to share about a crisis I had just this very morning, Jen. Please do. You see, I found out that our producer, Aaron, was going to be coming over to my house Uh for reasons.
2: For reasons? I just pop in. She just just, pop in. Okay. It's great.
1: (laughs) Um, And I had not yet done my hair. Oh. Okay. And so I had to do my hair fast.
0: That does sound like... It was... An actual genuine crisis.
1: (laughs) It was.
0: I also had a crisis. I also had a crisis. Speaking of crises, was it as bad as my crisis? Yeah, I ran out of bacon today. (laughs) (laughs) I went looking for it, and it was not there. I might have cried a little. I might have thrown a little temper tantrum about it. (laughs) Bacon's really important. It's very important.
1: So is having. Well-coiffed
2: hair. Hi, Elisa. Hi, Jen. Hi, Erin. We are entering into the cooler months in Arizona, and it is so nice outside. Mm -hmm. And so we enjoy the differing celebrations that come up in the cooler fall weather. Mm -hmm. So I have a would-you-rather question (laughs) for you guys. Yes. Would you rather eat no candy at Halloween or no turkey at Thanksgiving?
0: Ooh, I already know. Right. Well, then go no. right away. No turkey. Really? For oh. sure. Really? Huh. For sure, yes.
2: Do you well, not like turkey?
0: I'm not a huge fan. I feel like we're always trying to perfect the turkey every mm-hmm. year, and we switch it up a lot. I do like an oven-roasted turkey, but... You like yeah. candy way It's more. like an assurance. <gasps> I know what candy I like, <laughs> whereas the turkey's always... it's. A I'm going to just say it's a crapshoot every (laughs) single year. Like,
1: will it turn out or not? Right. Will it be dry?
0: Right. It's like, you never know. Oh,
1: interesting. Wait, what, what candy do you like? Like what Halloween candy do you like?
0: Oh, I like a lot of them. But But Sour Patch Kids is one I really um, look forward to. mm. All the chocolate bars, not all the chocolate bars, the ones with caramel Hmm. and peanuts. Mm. Those chocolate bars.
2: What about you, Elisa? This is a
1: harder question <laughs> than it ought to be. I feel like in most scenarios, I would, I would veer towards sweets. I have a sweet tooth, and I love baked goods in particular. But I do—I mean, I like candy. I don't know why. In this particular context, I'd—I'd I'd say I'd have to do without the candy. I—I just—I hear what you're saying, Jen, and I agree that the turkey can be hit or miss, but. It makes me sad
2: to think about Thanksgiving without Aww. turkey. That's yeah. interesting because I was thinking I could probably go without turkey. I couldn't go without mashed potatoes, though. I feel like that makes that's huh. Thanksgiving to me. mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes.
0: mashed potatoes all the way. Yeah. yeah. They could cover my plate, actually. My mouth I love is them strange. So
2: that's fun. Well, I had a mini crisis the other <sighs> night. I woke up if I can, can I speak about my crisis? Please do. (laughs) (laughs) You have permission to speak. (laughs) My, I was, I woke up from a bad dream and I was like in my dream, my kids were all standing around me looking at like, at me, like I was a terrible mom. And they they were asking where, where is their Halloween costumes? And then right when I was like, I don't know, I don't think I bought them for you. (laughs) The doorbell rang and people were showing up for candy. Like trick-or-treaters Aww. and I didn't have any candy in the house and I was like what am I supposed to do and oh I woke gosh. up and it was like a bad dream so you didn't that have was, to do it, anything in the dream I just woke up from like what do I do like that panic like the panic and then so I woke you up had, and thought, you hadn't started, started handing open? out like Mm-mm. I was just trying to decide shoot do I run to the store right now do I send one of the kids out, and yet, like, who's gonna greet these kids at the front door? When I have nothing. <laughs> that, that was a st- stressful
1: dream. <laughs> it was I a little hate bit. those kinds of that dreams. kind of
2: would be a crisis. Yeah, I think so. So I was thankful that we were still in September when I woke up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so today we are, like I said, we're talking about crisis. Right. And Crisis, how-
1: like not not having your hair done. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs>
0: No, not that. But not chronic stress either, right? Like right. We're differentiating here between, you know, like a, a stressful season of life right. versus not this. What we're talking about which is
1: a moment of crisis,
0: like an emergency. Right. Yes.
1: Um I'll give an example of what we're talking about and it's a good example because I res- it it well, There were two things that happened and I responded in two very different ways. Okay. This was a few years ago now, but one of our sons was um, probably three at the time. And I had a friend over and we were talking and my son fell. He was playing nearby and he fell and he hit his kind of the corner of his eye on the corner of the coffee table And it split open and clearly required a visit to the urgent care. And I stayed calm and I got a cloth against his forehead and I got him bustled into the car and taken to the urgent care. Mm -hmm. Um, And he got some surgical glue put on and we came home and he was fine. And it wasn't like that was a relaxing or fun experience. Right. Right. But I handled it. And she even texted me later, my friend who was over, and said, wow, you were so calm during that crisis. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was. (laughs) But later that same day, later that evening, the same child got up on one of the bar stools in our kitchen and toppled off of it and split open his chin. (laughs) oh which started to bleed abundantly and this time my husband was there with me and instead of responding cool calm and collected like I had earlier that morning I said oh are you kidding (laughs) 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 And I just kind of froze (laughs) and my husband went into like let's take care of it mode yeah in my stead because I just couldn't even yeah So same day, same child, same situation, Yeah. two different responses for me. And I think there's a variety Mm -hmm. of reasons I responded differently, but I think when we're talking about crisis, we're talking about something like that that comes
0: up out of the blue. It must be dealt with. How Mm -hmm. do we respond? So, and you, you felt like, so the first time, what do you think made the difference? Was it that you were tired by the end of the day? Like what was, what was the difference?
1: Well, yes. So I do think that's part of it. I mean, just just the, the timing of it was so ridiculous that it happened twice. Yeah. Obviously, that was frustrating that's <laughs> the second crazy. time it happened. So that is undoubtedly part of it. But yeah. I've also observed that when I am the one in charge, I can handle things. But when I have the option to not be the one in charge, I tend to to defer to whoever is in charge so in in this in the second scenario my husband was there and i let him like i knew he could take care of it and so i kind of felt free to just feel frustrated or discouraged or anxious about it mm. whereas the first time it wasn't really an option like i i had to take care of it yeah and so i did yeah and i've noticed that pattern in how i deal with things yeah that's interesting. About, I think I think I'm don't.
0: similar. Like as I'm, you're talking, I'm thinking about it, and there have been times where things have happened like that, mainly with the kids, right? So my son had, um, what's up with our sons? Like, well, that's all I've got. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, he had jumped on like an electric bike and toppled over the edge. Uh, the end of it and like got really bad like road rash like all down the side of him and it was all over it was awful his face was all messed up um I was at the house with some there were friends over of course what again (laughs) kids and friends over and always with an audience oh my word um so I felt very I mean I was I was definitely wanting to remain calm I felt very internally like I just kept telling myself I have to stay calm, mm-hmm. and I had there has to be a way to deal with this. You know, like I just kept trying to like calm him down. And I was very focused on the atmosphere, um, of course, taking care of him too. But I felt like nothing's going to get done unless we're not freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times where my kids have injured themselves when Adam's been home, and I definitely defer to him. I do. I I start, I'll start being emotional. I'll be crying. I'll be, you know, I don't know if it's because I feel out of control because he's the one in control. Um, I think there's a part of me that just feels like there's nothing I can do. Whereas if it's all on me, then I don't have the option to not feel that way. Mm-hmm. I don't have the option to feel that way. So I just said that wrong, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, Like, being forced into action is... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you think that's probably sort of just common to humanity in general? I mean, there's so many stories, like coming-of-age stories, where that's what happens is somebody has to... They no longer are being protected by parents or other adults, and they have to figure things out on their own, and that's, like, part of the maturing process. Like, isn't that maybe just sort of the way... We are, that when we must take care of things, we do. Oh, yeah. And when there's
0: somebody else there, it's too easy to. Yeah. Well, and there are people who are eager to take charge, like just kind of naturally. Well, so that's
1: true because my response in a crisis really depends on who else is there and what other personalities that are there and if there's mm-hmm. a, n- not just in situations with my husband and me but if i if i'm in a situation and there's a strong personality mm-hmm. that seems comfortable taking charge mm-hmm. then then i am perfectly comfortable with that but if i'm around people and there's that void of somebody taking charge then i am able to step into that
0: yeah fairly comfortably if i need to when you if you know so like in the case with your friend it was your child so mm-hmm. you knew you were it was on you right. whether your friend has a strong personality or not whereas if it was sort of a general emergency you probably would readily yield to whoever, whoever has the stronger, strongest personality. Mm -hmm. And there are people who want to take charge. I don't want to take charge. Like even in the scenario with my son, I was like, why am I the adult? Why do I have to be an adult in this (laughs) scenario right now? (laughs) I remember feeling like bitter about that. Um, Whereas I think there probably are some people who kind of almost like want that. Do you know what I mean? Like personality wise, which
1: personalities do you think are inclined to want to be in charge?
0: I would say EJs 100%. EJs. Yeah. 100% want to be in charge. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Although I would say my husband also, he's an ISTJ. Uh Uh-huh. And when I, so You're holding papers. I'm going to talk about what you're holding because I read about it. (laughs) I am holding papers. (laughs) We had looked this up, or at least I looked this up earlier, like the kind of just someone's take on what each personality type, how they respond to the crisis. So it's this site's opinion on that. I read the ISTJ one, and it was very interesting to see how I mean, it was exactly what my husband does. Yes. Yeah. Talked about how they go. They're very concerned about the steps, the mm-hmm. appropriate steps that need to be followed. Mm-hmm. What measure, like the, the you know, what mm-hmm. needs to happen. Um, And he's and maintaining a sense of an atmosphere of calm, right? Yes. Yes. And he is very much like that. He will send people, he will send me out of the room if he feels like. I'm being too emotional about it. And he's very like, this is the order in which things need to happen. And like, he's just very, I don't know. He is a very take charge kind of personality in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think because he's so action oriented in that moment, whereas my my focus is definitely more on... I would say his is more on the action and mine is more on the atmosphere and the calm, the emotional atmosphere. Oh, interesting. So I'm like, let's everybody just calm down. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, but what needs to be done? Yeah. We need to like take these steps. Right. Yeah. So,
1: well, and as I'm looking at these descriptions for different personalities in a crisis, you're right about the EJs. That seems to be kind of universal on here. mm -hmm. Um, that it, they're likely to jump into action. They're likely to play a le- leadership role. This one here says um, that they may even come across as aggressive, but mm. if that's what's needed in a situation, then they're willing to do that. Yeah. So you're right about the EJs, at least. That's in agreement with what, uh, what this assessment over here is. Now, I read mine. I'm an ISFJ. And it didn't sound quite right to me. And then I read the ISTJ and that sounded closer, but I was saying, I don't know, maybe I'm just not self aware enough, but the ISFJ is really focused on worry and anxiety. And um, Mm. it says that they act pushy. And I just, I, I don't feel like that sounds right for me. Yeah. But here, right now on the
0: air, Jen, I'm asking you, does that sound right to you for me? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think of you as a pushy person or... So that is interesting that I I do think sometimes they'll peg certain personalities as dealing with certain... I mean, like, I feel like ISFJs are pegged to be anxious people. Right. Even if they're not. Which is funny because I think I said this
1: earlier, but... I, I don't worry very much. And in fact, sometimes I worry that I ought to be worried more. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I just don't think of myself as a
0: worrier. And there's times with my kids where I'm like, should I be worried about this? And I don't. But you do worry about some things because I've seen you get nervous about like bike helmets and stuff, which I do not get nervous about.
1: Well, I helmets. mean, I tell them to wear their helmets, but did I act
0: worried? Well, more than I would have. <laughs> You were, like, verbalizing it. Maybe it was just that you were verbally processing it in the moment. Yeah, maybe. And that wasn't worry? Because I, I mistook it for worry then in the moment. That's funny.
1: I, I feel like if my kids are out... Isn't it a law? Don't we have... Other laws? laws?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I, maybe we just each have those things that we're naturally more anxious about versus things that we are not and I don't think ISFJs are any more anxious than any other type you know what I mean
1: well like, they may be or they're I mean some personalities may tend more towards anxiety than others
2: Ely, so you share the same personality type as my husband yes. and I do not think he's a warrior that's not how you would describe mm-hmm. him so maybe this assessment is a little bit off yes I, I would say so
1: Aaron did you read the ISFJ and the ISTJ Mm-hmm. Did the description for ISTJ sound more like him? Yes. Yeah. So I wonder. I wonder if this I description it's just a typo
0: just <laughs> like they, <laughs> they got the wrong and pasted <laughs> in the wrong places. <laughs> well, maybe ISFJs are just more practical than they're giving credit credit for. for you know.
1: Well, in ISFJs, it's funny because we're such a common personality type, and yet uh, I feel like a lot of what I read, <laughs> I don't know isfjs are described in just sort of these sweeping terms of being like really nurturing and just always putting others first Mm -hmm. and only caring about others and i don't feel nearly as nice as most descriptions for isfjs are yeah but then on the flip side i don't feel as like fussy and anxious as this description is either so i I, maybe ISFJs are a little more nuanced than some of these descriptions I actually allow for. definitely think that's the case. Really?
0: Yes. I feel like I know so many ISFJs and there are definitely different flavors. Not yeah. to, not to muddy the waters, but I do think like maybe if you're in Enneagram 6 ISFJ, for example, mm. you definitely would struggle. That worry will be there more. Uh, totally. Whereas if you are a different, you just have different, I don't know, fears right. that you're rooted in that would, that would influence how you're expressing your ISFJness, right. you know? So you're very practical there. We've talked about how you kind of like ride the line anyways on a couple of your letters mm-hmm. and, and even I think your maybe your nurture would even affect how you respond in crisis based on like your home and your upbringing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like maybe if you were raised in a different home where people were not as emotionally stable or I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you would have more issues with anxiety. Well, that is a
1: really good point that that, that element of nurture probably plays a big factor in how we all respond to crisis just yeah. every bit as much as our personalities do. We mm-hmm. respond based on what we've seen modeled for us. Yes. Because in a crisis, you're really responding with a gut instinct and a lot of that is personality. But if, if you've grown up seeing crisis dealt with in a particular way, that's kind of worked its way into the fabric of who you are yeah. and will come out.
0: Now, I did come up with a theory based on a very like, brief overview of these things that we were reading. Oh, off, yeah. Off of this
1: yeah. little website that we were having fun with today. Which we should reference. It's personalitygrowth.com.
0: They have a lot of fun articles. They're not always accurate, but they are very fun yeah. to read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is my theory, and Let's you can it. totally debunk it. <laughs> I think it was right already out. debunked, but after reading through it even more, but that's okay. Um, I was saying that N's in general care more about the situational temperature. Okay. So not necessarily calm, but just like the atmosphere, some aspect of the atmosphere. Okay. And S's care more about the action that is being taken oh why would I want to debunk that that sounds interesting I don't know I'm just saying I'm just throwing it out there (laughs) I didn't know how you'd react (laughs) based on this website that doesn't hold water but this is not the end-all be-all right as we've already seen exactly
1: um no that's really interesting uh because I mean, you could say that a little bit about T versus F. That T's that's true. are looking at how to solve, and F's are looking at how everybody's doing. That's true too. I like that one too. I like your idea too. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I think I think as an SF, if we're looking at both of those middle letters, which we love looking at those middle letters, we do. Um. I think that fits like thinking back to that day that I first had to deal with my son needing to go to the urgent care. I think there was the desire to keep him calm because I knew he was hurt and felt scared. And then there were also the steps forward of what needed to be done to get him to the urgent care. Mm -hmm. So those steps forward fit with the S and the desire to keep him calm fit with the f i don't know
0: yeah 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 but then i i don't know how that would be different for an nf or- that's true and it is more of a decision making thing so maybe tf would be more appropriate to talk about in terms of reaction and decisions i think you're right cuz f is is more ner- like caring more about the emotional aspect of the situation and T is more process-oriented, probably. so So what, what personality
1: might freeze up in a crisis,
0: then? Ooh. Uh would an SFP?: I don't think that's true. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm guessing. We're, we're throwing darts at a personality dartboard here. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it's a nurture thing, honestly. I don't think it's personality based. I think it's nurture.
1: You know, I think you're right. The more the more we're talking about this. Yeah. I think it has to do with what you've seen modeled and what has worked, what you've seen that works. Mhm.
0: Yeah, I think you I think it's more just a growth thing as opposed to because because you were you even said it's a coming of age like Mm -hmm. you have these moments of maturity where you realize there's a there's a burden of responsibility that you bear as an adult and how you respond is part of that and I think that is a maturity thing yeah yeah although
1: um back to what you initially said about EJ's kind of taking the lead I I mean, I I think, I think this is a great example of nurture and nature, both playing significant roles in this because crisis really reveals a lot about us because we don't have time to like think and contemplate. Mm -hmm. It tends to be more of just a responding Mm -hmm. quickly because a crisis demands that of us. And so it reveals a lot about us. And I think, uh, I think it's a really clear example of how nature and nurture play a role because I think you're right about the EJs. They will step into that leadership role, but I think you're also right about about uh, our
0: nurture and our circumstances and how big of a role that plays too. I will say one more thing real quick about the personality in the, in the crisis response. I think, you know, I've, I've said before that I think the extroverts tend to extrovert their stress Mm -hmm. more than that than a typically more than, than an introvert would. Um, I think maybe there's an element of like, perhaps an introvert would be quieter and not verbally processing, or like you wouldn't necessarily know the things that are going on, even though if, even though they're in charge, Mm -hmm. there's a sense of quietness about it. And this is, I'm. I am generalizing hardcore here, but um, the extra extrovert would probably be more just processing outwardly yeah. more. So, and that's probably why an EJ seems to be more in charge and even possibly more capable in a moment, just because because they're wearing it on their sleeve. Yes. Yeah. Well,
1: and you know, Jen, there was another time that we were talking about something similar. We may have been talking about stress as opposed to crisis, mm-hmm. but you were saying that you've realized that sometimes it probably seems to your husband as though you are panicking because you are <laughs> kind of verbally processing everything that you're thinking or feeling about to get right. to your conclusion. But along the way, he gets to hear every every thought yes. and concern that you have to get there. Yeah. Um, whereas, I may be thinking through all of those things mm-hmm. before I say anything about it. And so I may have the appearance of calm, even if there's a lot of turmoil, turmoil. going on uh-huh. under the, under the surface. And you may appear to have turmoil, even if you're actually just kind of calmly getting
0: yourself from point A to point B. Yes. Um, the turmoil is external and yeah. the calm, may be more and it's like it's helping me to be calm inside. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like I may be a two and you may be a six, but I look like I'm a, nine and you look like you're a one <laughs> right. No? right yeah so now let's transition it's time for our winks and drinks yep or sometimes sometimes we don't have a wink no sometimes we have we have a dink, dink.
1: <laughs> like today like today we have a dink we don't have something to recommend we have something to not recommend to Uh, avoid to avoid um and when I say we in this case I mean I because Jen has not seen the movie that I'm about to dink
0: no uh I'm gonna watch it though and what if I recommend it oh that
1: would be so wonderful if a few episodes (laughs) from now you come and it's your wink (laughs) I'm just gonna surprise you with it one day (laughs) that would be hilarious um if you see this movie and you love it, Jen, we need to have an entire episode where we talk about it. Okay. (laughs) Um, So Todd and I um, went and saw the movie ad Astra, Mm. which means to the stars Mm. and the critics out there are just drooling over this movie. It was, it's been highly critically acclaimed. And so my hopes were high going into it. And I, I, disliked it so deeply and it's one of those movies that the more i think about it what chen it's one of those movies that the more i think about it the more i dislike it like i i'm like mad at the movie for existing um i i feel
0: like
1: i feel like movies about space feel like the form of the movie needs to reflect the reality or something because there's all these long, tedious movies about space. And I get it. Space is immense and sometimes tedious, but that doesn't mean the movies about it need to be. <laughs> um, This one is just... it it is it is long and i kept trying Mm -hmm. to kind of like grasp the threads of what it was trying to do and it would start to touch on something like maybe sort of interesting and then it would just like leave it behind and you have this um the movie is mostly about brad pitt's character you have these other interesting side characters that come in throughout the movie for like one scene and then they're Mm -hmm. gone and and it was well-known actors and actresses Um, and they would show up and I was like, okay, this is interesting. We've got this new character and then they'd be gone. Mm. Um, and so it, it felt like there were opportunities to explore some interesting ideas and it just never really got there. And the reviewers are saying that it's not really about the exploration of space. It's about the exploration of the human character. But if that's the case, then these movie makers do not have a very high opinion of human character because it felt very, it, it was supposed to feel deep and it felt very shallow Oh, to me. And so when you look at the audience reviews, most people, most just average Joes out there who are going to see the movie are saying similar things like it was not Uh. it was not as well received by audiences as it was by critics. And I just feel like it's like an emperor's new clothes kind of kind of thing where because a few reviewers said, oh, this movie is like really beautiful and we get this movie. None of the other reviewers want to say, well, I don't get it. So every, I feel yeah. like everyone's just jumping on board and saying they like it too. And I, I, I just did not. Okay. This was a lengthy dink.
0: It was, but you know, it needed to be said, Elisa. <laughs> it, it needed to be. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. <laughs> well, and, I appreciate the knowledge, you know, I mean... This weekend I'll avoid it like the plague.
1: Or go see it and then we can, you know, fight about it. We can. That'd be so fun. If
0: you like it. (laughs) We are not fighting over our drink though. No, we sure aren't, Jen. We love this. All three of us have finished ours. In fact, I posted on Instagram my love for this. You you did. You bought copious amounts of this. I did. I did. And I love that you have
1: it. I have it because you gave it to me.
0: Oh,
1: Um, it's Trader Joe's pumpkin spice. Oh no, we are gonna fight about our drink.
0: Oh, that's right. (laughs) Because
1: we don't know how to pronounce this word. How do you how do you say it? Ruibos.
0: Oh, that's how I say it. Okay, then I say
1: (laughs) Ruibos. And Aaron was saying it.
2: I wasn't
0: saying it right. Rebo. I think there was a boost in there. Reboos. So if you know how to actually pronounce this, please please educate us. (laughs) I just say rooibos and pretend like everybody else is wrong when they look at me weird. Ah, I think you're right. Rooibos sounds good.
1: (laughs) Pumpkin spice rooibos from Trader Joe's. I love it so much. And... It doesn't taste pumpkiny, which it really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin spice means that it's that combination of spices that go into pumpkin pie, right. not that it actually has pumpkin flavor in it, right?
0: It's amazing. I'm it not is a pumpkin good. spice fan normally, like just in general. Well, like the idea of a pumpkin flavored thing, but this tea is it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. All right, join us next time when we talk about a controversial James Joyce quote. Bye for now. Bye for now.
1: This episode is brought to you by ShowIt. Are you stuck in a boring website template? Experience true creative freedom with the drag and drop simplicity of a ShowIt
0: website. Get started for free at showit.co.